I wanna stay Sweet little 16. Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this week, and I suppose I should start with a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know I'm, I'm almost 39 years old. I'm the perfect age. And no, I never did see 1984's 16 Candles, written and directed by John Hughes. You know, starring Molly Ringwald as the Molly Ringwald character, uh, Anthony Michael Hall as an Anthony Michael Hall character, uh, Getty Watanabe is kind of that Getty Watanabe stereotype, stereotypical Asian guy, uh, Paul Dooley playing the Paul Dooley dad, uh, you got uh, Joan Cusack playing sort of, and well, the whole Cusack uh, clan, I guess, because you got John in there too, both playing kind of nerdy characters, so yeah, you got John Cusack playing the nerd character, and then you've got uh, Michael Scheffling playing the John Cusack character. Uh I guess that's uh that's pretty much a summation of the movie. Uh, that's pretty good. Thanks for uh, having us this week, and we'll uh, be back in a couple of weeks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was a little uh, surprised that you had never seen Sixteen Candles, which hence why it is on the list that I'm showing you. So would you um, like to give your elevator pitch? All right. All right. Imagine, if you will, mm-hmm. a coming of age romp. 80s style, with plenty of good old-fashioned 80s homophobia, 80s racism, 80s, uh, you know, fear of the disabled, you know, sort of just a general melange of total 80s, a hatred of nerds, and kind of a, you know, like, just a glorification of everything super 80s. Uh, Oh, and with crazy loud sound effects. Just all sorts of comedic sound effects. I mean, everything short of a kazoo. I think there was a kazoo. Oh, everything including a kazoo. There you go. Okay, great, great. So, sixteen candles. There's a there's some actually it's a classic apparently. It, it is, uh, and, and you I'm know, make a lot of enemies today. I know, and that's okay. You're allowed to make enemies on this podcast, considering it's your podcast. Well, our podcast, but no, it's mine. Uh, I, it's true. I'm taking command of it. It's kind of true, um, but I, I will say that uh, Alexander hanging it, just running in. I'm in charge now. There's um. It, you know, there's a, there's a few there's a few interesting little um, trivia tidbits that I find amusing about any John Hughes. Um, you know, you mean basically that you grew up in uh, the penthouse suite of Spook Central, uh, uh, so to speak. Uh, literally, to make a Ghostbusters reference. Yes. Uh, yeah, this movie was shot uh, largely in the Chicago North Shore and northern suburbs area. Uh, large portions of the principal photography was actually shot in the uh, in the Chicago suburb that we're in. Are we are we allowed to admit where we're at? Or um, 
Yeah, let's just let's just say there's a Scotch named after it. Well, it's not <laughs> named after it. It's named after a part of Scotland, I'm sure, because it's Scotch. You know, not. Yeah, now you can do Not, your digging and figure out which scotch we're talking about. Oh, yes, yeah. that's right. We we live in Lafroig, Illinois. <laughs> um, but um, and it also in Skokie and uh, Glencoe, Glencoe and Evanston, yeah. all the all the, basically places that if you're not from the Chicago area mean absolutely nothing to you. But if you are, uh, yeah, basically you grew up with this. Uh, you know, um, I we drive by we drive by the high school that uh, a lot of the principal scenes were shot at every time we go to visit uh, Allie's parents. It's you know. It's pretty normal. And and, and and I'm sure you all remember from past, shush, from past um, podcasts that uh, I grew up in this town and moved away rather abruptly and on purpose and yeah. then have It's because since uh, after John between... Bender broke up with her, yeah. uh, she was uh, you know, embarrassed, uh, especially when he started getting rid of that, that redhead. I mean, come John on. John Bender? I was dating a robot? You know what? You don't get to make fun of me for my, for my <laughs> ignorance of this movie. I know you what don't... you're talking about. Oh, yeah, about, yeah. But really? I do find really? Really? Who's John Bender? From Breakfast Club, honey. I know what you're talking about. But I do think it's very funny that. All right. I was about to correct you and say it's The Breakfast Bunch, but I, think I'm, I don't think that's <laughs> a real movie. Bunch. The Breakfast Bunch. Or maybe The Wild Bunch with, with Breakfast. Like they all get shot up with loving, almost pornographic peck and paw violence. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to do a parody of The Breakfast Club. It's The Breakfast Bunch. Right. Oh, somebody make breakfast this. Breakfast Bunches of Oats. It, need, it needs to be done. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. There's almost nothing about a parody that a Brady Bunch parody of anything that needs to be done. So, so let's. I think uh, by law. It's actually there's no laws that say that. So, so let's let's uh let's. Oh, let's, other bit of trivia oh, by yeah, the way. Okay. Okay. So the pair in okay. here, Molly Ringwald, you know, and uh, Michael Sheffling, who was never really did much else other than this, did he? I don't think so. He was a male model. Yeah, he was a male model. And by the way, for the for the first 20 minutes of the movie, I thought it was Matt Dillon. Like, I honestly yeah, thought he was Matt basically, Dillon. Basically, those of you who don't know who he's talking about, because as the actor's, you know, the actor himself is not well-known like Molly. He played Bill the Ball. John Cusack He's he's, 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 Jake, he's the Lloyd Dobler of this he's movie. He's Jake Ryan. So for those of you who actually... Wait, Jake, Jack, Jack Ryan from the, uh, Jake the Hunt for October and... Uh, Ryan, Jake shut Ryan. up. So he's not played by Harrison Ford. No. Or, or, or John Cusack. Or Alec Baldwin. Or, and this is where I was going to go with it, Viggo Mortensen. No. Who was... No, I'm being serious. Oh. Viggo Mortensen was actually considered... He was... He was the finalist between him and Michael Sheffling for the role in this movie. Well, and the finalist. Uh, finalist? I'm yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, you're down finalist? to two, you're down to two people. It's a finalist. It's not like they're in a contest. Yes, they are. They're competing for a role. That this is, is not why, how, honey. If you don't start the, treating your career like a competition, you're never going to get anywhere. You have enemies everywhere. Do you have any idea how crazy you sound? We don't call it a contest. We don't call it. I know you know, don't because you're finalists. the contestants. Oh my speaking as, god! Speaking as someone who views the contests <laughs> instead of someone oh who participates, you know, of course not. You're okay. the entertainment. Fine. Anyway, so he he and Viggo Mortensen were the two like the two people vying for that role. And the two people vying for the Molly Ringwald role were, not surprisingly, Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy. And that's not surprising. Yeah, and uh, basically, uh, he, John Hughes, whenever he was looking for young actresses for movies, he got their pictures, apparently. And Molly Ringwald, he just loved the way she looked and acted. And he said, I'm going to write a movie for her. And he kind of put her picture up when he was writing it. So this movie, this role was really made for her, but he was down to, like, he wanted to make a movie with a teen girl. And, and those were the two he had. But he, say, he put Ali Sheedy in his back pocket, you know, for, uh, for both The Breakfast Club and, you know, to... In case uh, anyone else wanted to use her for like a short circuit kind of movie, well, and or a short circuit two was, kind of movie, she, she was in Saint Elmo's Fire, although he had nothing to do with that, right? I don't think he did. He have I, anything to do with that? I don't know. Uh, let me. 
Here, vamp for a minute. Checking the old end. All right, you know what? I'll start talking a little vamp. bit about the movie vamp. while vamp. you. Wait. Okay, I'm vamping. Okay, I'm vamping. 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 So let's let's just open this up here. You, you know, um, I found it. Um, you, you know, we you know we're a little bit. Uh, we're so used to the whole montage thing that's been happening because that seemed to be like the trope. I don't know. Maybe Hughes was kind of a a, a leader in the montage world because it was it was montage. The montage world. Yeah, come on, it's a world. The montage city of um of of eighties movies and oh, honey. Sh- showing every what. Honey, honey. St. Elmo's Fire was, of course, as you can tell by its similarities with Batman and Robin, directed by Joel Schumacher. Oh, yes, Joel Schumacher. Was I, it I, written by what, Hughes, or was Hughes anywhere written No, no, it was written by Joel Schumacher, which makes me absolutely have no desire. That's another 80s movie I've never seen, and uh, you're going to have to force me kicking and screaming into this Ooh, one. Ooh, people, a challenge. Maybe we'll have finalists up yeah, to the end Yeah, you do that, and welcome welcome to Superman 4 flying right so, up your butt at 900 miles an hour. So anyway, so let's <laughs> let's go back to the feet montage, because basically it's literally, there's they're going through they're going through the music and the montage. Feet montage makes it sound like Tarantino directed it. It kind of feels that way. I know, it's so, not feet. It's not just feet. Well, it's shoes, but they're all no, stand- it's not just Can shoes. Can I finish what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, and then you, you, wanna, can, you wanna tell your There's answer. a little section of the montage, Jonathan, where they're showing just feet and what I found, and shoes, I should say. It's all shoes. Oh, no, and what it's I actually thought, hair and clothes. Can I finish what okay. I'm saying? You can, but Thank you're just, you, so you're shut up. misinformation. I am to not. They, I'm talking we about. We are the most informative podcast. I'm talking about 30, not even 30 seconds of a little part of the montage. So shut up and let me talk for a minute. So there's shoes. I'm making and so bad. Literally, I'm going to punch him in the face right now, and you guys are going to hear it, and it's going to sound like, you know, Stallone like punching a him. Yeah, like, right. So there's shoes in this little portion of the montage. Shoes. What I've This is so not... Could you shut up? <laughs> yes, I could. There's... They're going through, and it's, and it's, you know, Chuck Taylors and all these different shoes. And then my favorite part was that there's these white jazz shoes. And anybody who's been a dancer, anybody who's been in my business at all, is like, you're not standing on a street like on asphalt and you're wearing jazz shoes. Doesn't work out that way. Be like walking outside. Don't tell me how to live my life. It's not like walking, be like walking outside wearing ballet shoes or or tap shoes just for fun. People don't wear jazz shoes out in the real world. So that was like, first ding, I was like, meh, you just needed new shoes. Maybe they did in the 80s. I don't don't think anybody wore Capizios out for just fun. This is the second time you've used the word Capizio in this podcast. Is it? We are now officially the leading Capizio. No, no, no. It wasn't Capizio. I didn't use Capizio. Cavaricci. This is the second time you've used an Italian word that begins with a C and ends in a vowel. We are the leading podcast for Italian words that begin... With, begin with a C and end with the. By the way, um, I also loved that he, you know, gave homage to the uh, area by having. He, there's a whole little section of pins that you see in part of this montage, and one of them said, a big one said, "I love Evanston." And who doesn't love Evanston? I mean, we I mean, all love Evanston. Evanston is like it's like tr- it's like training wheels for the suburbs. It's pretty it's, it's, freaking it, awesome. Everyone in Chicago when they when they want to make the move to the suburbs stops in Evanston first to take a deep breath before making the plunge into like suburban life. Because yeah, we don't want to leave the whole L possibilities yeah, there's yeah. can still hit the l there and it's yeah it's a little sad the l is the, not just by the way the 11th letter of the alphabet um it's oh, would you like to 12, it's the 12th letter actually yeah it's, it's, well yes <laughs> but uh, it's not just the 12th it's letter the, of the elevated alphabet. It's the train elevated train in chicago famous in chicago mm-hmm. as a means of public transportation so um they start the we get we get into this movie and you find out that molly oh, ringwald in the movie now yeah molly ringwald's family is the sh- literally the shittiest family they're in pretty the crappy universe. Oh, by the way, the first thing she ever really starts doing in the movie, even before I think you see her family, she's complaining. Yeah. Because she narrates this movie and complains. Kind of deadpan. She, To be honest, I'm kind of amazed she got the part for this movie. This is like her first big movie because she kind of is terrible at the beginning. 
Like, she's really, I mean, I don't come to think of it, she's never been a great actress. No, she never was. She, you know, I think she's just, she's got, like, a charm to her, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, but like, she's complaining at one point about having no tan left. Yeah, yeah. As if Molly Ringwald would ever do anything but combust in the sun. Yeah, she and I, she I, and I share that issue. Yeah, you, you, you know. But, um, but you don't dye your hair red. No, I don't. Maybe but- you should start. Molly can try that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for all of you on the podcast who can see us. so They can see our picture on their iPad device. On their iPad device. device. Oh, I don't know what other if the other devices show it but, uh, on, on iTunes. On the iPad device. iPod device. On the iPod device. That device is a um, <laughs> Why are we doing this? Because you're weird. So basically it's her 16th. I mean, why are we even doing she's this? She's on the phone. She, she apparently has her own phone line, which they talk about and make jokes about. <laughs> That's a big deal. Which is a really big deal. Oh, my God. Having your own phone She's line? on the phone with her friend oh, before school, and she's oh, like all, you know, talking about she's just, this is her sweet 16. She's from 16. She's expecting the whole family is going to make a big deal about it. But you find out very early on that the very next day, her older sister is getting married, and the whole family is sort of bustling around, um, trying to get ready for work and school. And she comes downstairs, and everyone has forgotten her birthday. <gasps> Whoa! Oh my god! Dun, and, dun, dun. By the way, I, I, it just occurs to me the the this movie takes place over precisely two days. Yes. So it makes me think maybe a good working title for this seek for this would be would be basically another forty eight hours, mm-hmm. but. They didn't use it, and th- thus they managed to, uh, Judge Reinhold managed to get, was it Judge Reinhold in 48 Hours? That's Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Nick Nolte. Mm. They're very similar people, Judge Reinhold I and Nick Nolte. I mm-hmm. You don't know? I don't remember off the oh, top of my head. You don't I mean, rem- oh, oh, that means we can watch them if you don't remember them. I, rem- I know who Nick Nolte is. I know who Judge Reinhold is. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the issue. <laughs> do you? Yes, of course I do. Do you know he's not a real judge? <laughs> yes, except for Unrested Development. But he's not a real judge there. No, no. He has Judge Reinhold. He's a TV judge. He's a TV judge. TV I'm judge. I'm he's never went to judge school. <laughs> this is true. Oy. So um, she gets, she leaves and she's all, you know, upset and, you know, because they, and if oh, I... Oh, by the way, for the record, what a, just a... Bitch move on her sister's part. I hate to use the B word there, but it's the 80s and it was okay to say things like that back then. Yeah. To schedule your wedding the day after her birthday. Yeah. What an awful shitty thing. Yeah. Well, now, I understand her, her sister's kind of a space cadet. Uh, but, you know, like, seriously, like, that's awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, honest to God, it's like, it's almost as bad as when D-Day happened the day after my birthday. I mean, that was really shitty of them. I mean, and they were going to originally do it on my birthday, but the weather was bad. It's also my aunt's Up birthday. Up yours, Eisenhower. My, my aunt's birthday is also the day after your birthday, on D-Day. I mean, how dare they? How dare she? I know. How, how did she not realize that some 30-odd years after she was born, I would be born? I mean, crappy, right? Ugh. Oh, my God. Terrible people. So, That's anyway. the North Shore, and she, let's go into this with this movie. She can't. <laughs> So they nobody remembers her birthday. She's all upset, and she gets to school, and she's taking. Oh, by, the way, by the way, her family has the, the family dynamic is so such a John oh, Hughes yeah. family, like the 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 scattered like harried mother who's like overwhelmed by everything. The father who kind of doesn't have a clue, played so perfectly. Paul Dooley. He's really oh, God, wonderful. He's Dooley. so wonderful in this. Uh, Paul Dooley is good in everything. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, and, there's and, a, and the shithead kid, the shithead yeah, kid, the, who, one one boy who's the shithead, and so and, the, the, and by the family dynamic. The shithead kid was the shithead kid from. Oh, he wasn't a shithead in that movie, but the yeah. kid from Kramer, Kramer versus, versus Kramer. Kramer. But anyway, but here's here's how so the dynamic goes. You have the you have the oldest daughter who's getting married the next day, and she's the perfect blonde, you know, space cadet as he called it. But she's the girl who get basically she look at a guy and get whatever she wants. Then you have Sam, who's Samantha Baker's the um, Molly Ringwald character. After her is the the Played brother. By played by Justin Henry. 
who's the kid from Kramer yeah. versus Kramer. And then there's uh, the, the youngest daughter is Cinnamon Idols is the name of the actress. I can't Cinnamon, remember. Really? Yeah, that's right. her name. Really? Yes, Cinnamon, Cinnamon Idols. Idols. Uh, she's not even listed on the, in the, on the Wikipedia page at all. She, uh, I think her name was Sarah in the movie, but I can't remember. But the point is that that's how the family dynamic falls. Wait, I don't remember the da- youngest daughter. Yes, you do. No. She's a little redhead. She's peeking around behind the mom. And the, you don't remember all this? No, I don't She's pay attention to children who aren't mine. That's... And I only pay attention to mine if he hits me in the groin. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's how the family dynamic falls. But everyone's leaving and go to school and work and nobody remembers birthday she gets to school and she's all complainy and upset but she shows up at a class or she makes a comment about this jake ryan guy we don't know who he is yet and then we see him sitting in the same class as her and um they're taking a test and oh, wait, wait, can we go back to the montage because oh, i'm I, sorry we're no, gonna I'm just, back just, it up y'all I back it up to the montage because i just it up, the reason it up, i want to say it is boop, the most amazing boop, boop, thing about boop, this go on put it in the truck Put it in the truck. Make us all drive. Put it in the truck in you know, reverse. You're not going to like this when everyone on Earth actually and hears everybody, this. Everybody, 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 put it in reverse and bag it up. Make it a montage. Bag it up. Make it a montage. Bag it up. Anyway. Put um, it in park. Crash. Anyway, <laughs> she ran into the back of the garage. She, she should put a garbage she's can She's putting it back and driving. She's driving the car I'm going to hang a tennis ball uh, from the And then everybody so goes and listens to the montage. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'll just vamp. Do-do-do. Do-do-do. Okay. Do-do-do. So what I was going to... Do-do-do. 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 What I was going to say... So what what I was going to say was that like the, my thing about the montage and it, it definitely wasn't just shoes but like there was it was, no, there was it was panning shoes. over but it was panning over ephemeral bits of fashion yes. and it's the most amazing thing because it's like it was like so perfectly designed like it's like I don't know how Hughes could not have automatically be saying I'm making a time capsule of exactly 1984. Maybe he was saying maybe that. but. The, but the movie doesn't. The movie tries to shoot for timeless coming of age comedy in its I, tone. Well, maybe in the in tone, its tone, but but, then, but, it, but it, it like seriously, it pans over. It's just like so much perfectly eighties fashion. You know, like the leg warmers, the whatever. You know, like everything. Well, it's either one of two things. It, either it was either either it was. It, everybody here is just like you in the time that you're watching it. Or he knew he had forethought, and he well, was like, everybody's just like you now. But in the but in the you, future, you do realize in the eighties, everyone was just like you because you grew up in the North Shore. And the North Shore was the place that was filmed in every friggin' movie. The rest of us did not look as 80s. You know? That's what I believe. You know, we we could just switch this to an all-musical con- podcast if you'd like. If you were here, I would... Hey, 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 I'm not paying ASCAP. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, why do you think our theme song is so strange and cheap? <laughs> do you think it's because? Do you think it's because I like strange and cheap theme songs? Well, I kind of do. Can we go back to her being in class and Jake Ryan looking? You mean at her go with... forward to her being in class? Yes, go forward. Okay, so yeah, so she's in class. Driving on the car into forward. Okay, sorry. So you sing one more time in this podcast, <laughs> and I swear to God, I will make you cry somehow. I'm good at it. So she's filling out a a. a, a I'll tell you a, about a sad story about dogs. Co- 
a confidential uh, uh, like personality test. I think it's a sex test, is what she calls it later. It's written on notebook it's paper. First written, of all. Yeah, and and the best part is that there's it's it's the person who wrote it to her wrote confidential, but it actually is confident tale. <laughs> like they screwed up the writing, which is hysterical. Um, so it's like I don't know if it's supposed to be a goof, but it is a goof. I think it's supposed to be. A yeah. Goof. I mean, so it's... and then you know the questions are like, have you ever done it? No. Would you ever do it? I don't know. Apparently, if you this answered, is a thing that yeah. girls do. Yeah, it was they like actually mash. like to take tests. Those of you who are women out there who were girls in the '80s, you know, we used to do Mash. You know what it is? Anyways, mash. Yeah, you used to do the television show no. with Alan Alda. No. no. What, what, what the hell is Mash? Worry, don't worry about it. Don't, no, I don't. No, no, you're a guy. You don't. Uh, you know, sideline. Sideline. No, no, no. no, no uh, only know. I get to cousin it. No, we. Sidebar. What is Mash? We're gonna. Oh, I don't even go there. Look, you wanted to sing for a minute about nothing. Okay. So Mash was this test that you would take. And you would do it, it starts with um, it means mansion, apartment, shack, or house. So those those well, are I'll the, take mansion. Well, right, of course you would. And then there's a bunch of questions like um, who are you going to marry, and you have to do four answers of who you might marry. And one of them has you know one of them has to be Molly Ringwald because it's the eighties, right? Well, well, right, but you wouldn't answer like it would. We would write them out. Everyone marries Molly Ringwald, right? Okay, so we'd write them out, and then it would go on, and it'd be questions like that, like how many pets would you have? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'd have five Phoebe Cates, right? And this is like impossible to explain on a on a no, podcast. you can. You I can can't explain. visually Look. show you what we end up doing, but essentially, you take your pen after you answer all the questions, and you do four answers for all the crazy questions that whoever made up the test has, mm-hmm. and then you kind of do like a spirograph what is that you know like a spiral just a spiral, a spiral? not a spirograph you don't actually that's a little spinny thing that <laughs> oh, makes yeah. crazy patterns okay no then just a spiral just a spiral that's, the, that's paper, the shape yeah and and the person has to say stop and when they say ah. stop then you count how many rings there are and then you go to the and the, you know how old the tree is then sort of and you go to the mash again which is at the top and you know so let's say there were let's say there were seven so it'd be like going from the m first one two three four five six seven you live in a shack uh, you know what I'm saying? Or like one, two, three, four. Sorry. Then you go down the, the names. Oh, and, and then you cross off. So whatever's uh, left over, you go down the numbers. And then whatever's left over happens to be the one. So, so. it goes back to my earlier thing. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm right in this. Mm-hmm. Little girls really like to take tests yeah. so much that you would make tests for each other. And yet, and yet they yeah. always talked about girls didn't test well in schools when we were younger. Different and kinds of testing, honey. Well, yeah. And that's really kind of sexist of you. No, I'm just talking about how they always said that. But clearly, you like to make your own tests. We do. We like our own tests. If you would test. It involves spirals. Literally, if you If you would, you would test on whether or not it would be uh, Lloyd Dobler or other John Cusack character. Henry whatever from <laughs> from Natty Gan. Yeah. Those are your spirals and that which Cusack you're going to marry. God, don't marry the Cusack from this movie. Oh, God, no. Going back. So the movie we did today was 16 Candles. Yep. It was a coming-of-age comedy from 1984. Oh, wait, we went to that part. Yes, we're, we're already past that. So, so, so she writes out the sex test, and in the sex test says, you know, who would you, you know, you know, do it with? And she says, Jake Ryan, does he she, know? Does he know? No. And while she's saying that, she looks over her shoulder, and, and not Matt Dillon is actually looking at her. Yes. And, and, um, and at some point, she... Um, uh, folds up the the test and she's supposed to pass it to her friend that she's been her best friend who I don't even think I know her name through the whole movie um, the one with the curly dark hair those of you who know the movie was it six <laughs> it feels like it was six I would have been playing the role if it was six so they passed you the, played six I <laughs> should have so they passed the she passes the you know kind of in that I'm gonna yawn and then yeah, drop by, it over my shoulder I understand they were going for a slight yeah. comedic value yeah. there but that was the worst note pass it I really was. ever and the best seen. part is that the friend is fast asleep at her desk and doesn't see the note and of course Jake Ryan sees Wait, was, her was it Annie Potts was that her friend Annie Potts no but it should have been it so been she Annie drops Potts. that always should be Annie Potts so she drops it should just be Annie Potts and Paul so Dooley on a road trip that would be the movie. Sh- 
dropped the note on the ground. And, of course, Jake Ryan sees it. Oh, is it hard to think when I'm vamping in front of you? And he leans forward and he takes his, whoops. <laughs> that was she just acted it out and almost kicked the, the <laughs> She has a very nice microphone because she does actual voice acting auditions on it. She almost kicked over the, the TV tray that it's precariously balanced on <laughs> so that she can and act he- this out for our video podcast that, uh, you know, I forgot to tell her I'm not filming. Also, it's like, so he he leans he leans this whole. Di- remember By the way, desks? I always move my hand across the mic when I do that. <laughs> I hope so you can you hear guys, it. So you remember those desks that were like you know the the half that are like double guitars. They're like connected to the to the chair. So and you, you mean like, like a desk? Shut up! The desks that are like connected <laughs> to the chair. All all school desks are connected to the chair. Unless you went to school in like the 1910s and it's like that weird table with a hinge top. I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. You know it's all so they're all mean, and they had that little slot where you put your pencil in. Yes. So he leans forward with the whole desk, obviously, and he pulls the 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 note back. Oh, with he's his he's foot. subtle he's about it. He's super too. not slick, and he uh and he steals it from her. And then, of course, after the class, she's asking her friend, "Well, are you sure you didn't get it, or you shouldn't see?" She's like, "I swear I didn't see it." And she's like, "Well, what did you have to say?" And she reveals all the answers from the test, and it's all, "Oh my god! Well, I hope whoever got it doesn't know I wrote it." Well, did you put your name on it? No. I, I could just act out the whole movie if that's you, easier. Uh, no, it's not easier. Not for me. <laughs> it's actually very hard for me to do this. I didn't really so much like a lot of it, even with professional actors at the doing ne- it. So. At the next, oh, you're a professional. The very actor. next Wait. scene, they're could. in. They're in the. Uh, they're in the the gym, and they're talking and, about the girl that he, that Jake is. <laughs> and there's an actual boing sound yes. effect when she's introduced by her boobs. Yeah, but wait, she's she's the girl that's dating Jake Ryan. You don't yeah. even let me get the information. Well, we know. First. Yeah, they've they've all seen it. I'm the only person on earth who never that's seen not Sixteen true. Candles. There are people who haven't seen it. Anyway, so right, call in see... before the podcast is over. Uh, you know, and let us know, and we'll answer any of your questions. So it's like, and they are pretty bodacious tatas. I will give her that. <laughs> You, you know, uh, did the word bodacious always for you followed by yes! tatas doesn't or preceded by you? tatas? Doesn't it to you? What, 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 who, who did that in the 80s? Was I don't it Cheers? Know. I, I was, don't know who created it's it. Something it's something in the 80s. It was someone said bodacious tatas. But it's like, it, but it's like just there's the there's. It's this like veritable and plethora. Yes, you together. have to put them together. Yeah. yeah, it's a veritable plethora of bodacious tatas. Yes, because this is an 80s movie back, and we, the 80s was a beautiful decade to be a young boy in. They're you didn't pretty, get internet porn, but you did get boobs in every and, movie. They're delightful and perfect. Like, like it's astonishing how many 80s movies. Like this movie, this movie would never. Like if it's made now, would never have a boob scene. I mean, for a forty-year-old, she looks really amazing. Oh, she's no, she's not older than thirty-two. Come I on, mean, be nice. Thirty-two. It's okay. You don't have to look it up. It's what, fine. What was her name? But it was. What was the I don't remember. Caroline. Yeah, Caroline. Caroline Mulford. Mulford. Oh, honey, she was only twenty. Four. Oh my God, she, she literally looks like she's in her thirties. Well, that's like everyone's parent. My dad. There's pictures of my dad I think at the it's age the of feathered tw- hair. There's a pictures. There's pictures of my dad at the age of thirty, nine years younger than I am now. That look, he looks ten years older yeah, than me now. What is that about? Because our, our our parents and our parents' parents' generations were all hard scrabbled dirt farmers, and we we grew mm. up uh, arrested children that Aww. never got to grow and, and make podcasts about our childhood Aww. because we can't let go. I was trying to open up and be honest with you really on this nice medium, you. Oh, but sorry. instead you turned into this is this is a podcast where we're trying to work out our marital problems. <laughs> Doing the, do you know oh, that? God, I'm so oh sorry. God, I've been trying to save our marriage this whole time. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Oh no, <laughs> I, I've made a horrible Listen, mistake. I've made a horrible mistake too. See, see, it brought us together. By the way, her name is Haviland Morris, which that sounds more like the name of a British phys- physicist than someone whose boobs would pop out in an '80s comedy. This is true. 
This is a good point. So um, I think one of my favorite moments of this entire movie happens very soon after when they get on the bus to leave school and go home. And everybody oh, she knows, was in Gremlins 2, the new batch. Everybody, you, Which was in the 90s, so unfortunately. When, when you know, every, Anybody who's ever had to take the bus home knows how absolutely horrendous it is to be on the oh, bus God, home. when you're a teenager it's on a just bus. just the worst. You're too young for the driver's license, uh, so you're stuck in the stuck bus. Stuck on the bus. Or you, have, or you are old enough for your driver's license to be and going to a car. dicks. And you can't get to school other than the bus. It's terrible. I didn't just actually, turn 16. I didn't actually experience that, but you did. Well, that's because well, that's because you went to you know a boarding school in the woods. I went to fame in the woods. But, fame in the woods. But but I did experience you it. In, I want to live forever. But I did experience it in, in junior high school, and it was pretty the horrible. <laughs> but, but the kids are terrible on any bus. But but I think John Hughes did a lovely job of making it as as awful as it feel, as you remember yeah. it being. And that's when it, that's when you get a great shot of like you know like oh oh in the bus that's, yeah. we get in a like well actually before. Before the bus. Yeah. Um, you know, like we... Keep going. Keep I'm trying talking. to think my brain just shut off. Well, come back um, to your notes. That'll help. Well, like, I like I think the bus, uh, we get like... Uh, that doesn't happen yet. No, you know what? Never mind. Forget yeah, it. I'm we're not, not I'm there not, yet. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, we'll we'll talk later. But just remember the words we'll Joan Cusack and bus. Hey, you guys. You guys. Thanks. Thanks for playing. We'll talk later. No, I'm just kidding. Um, though that comes up in a minute. Yeah. But um, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're in that point. So basically, um, my one of my favorite moments is is on the bus when they're taking the they're going through the bus and the music behind it. On the bus. What I, what am I looking at? I can't read your writing. So uh, <laughs> damn it. We're on, they're they're on the bus and all of us and you hear the music in the background and it's um. The, uh, it's the mu- I feel like it's the music from Tetris. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's Russian. It's, it's, it's Russian. Uh, it's the. the it's Tchaikovsky, isn't it? Uh, let's um, find out. It's uh, What is that music? It's da 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 da. da, da, da. Oh, on classics. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. kazoo music. Yeah, it's the kazoo. That's music. the kazoo. You're so, right. There was kazoo because they have a fucking kazoo yeah, playing. Yeah. So, so playing, this was one of my favorite like, moments. Is that is that as you're listening to the music of 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 the the Tchaikovsky. I'm going to just say it's Tchaikovsky because I've decided um, that it is. And it's the music from Tetris. And they're playing the music. And all of a sudden, you realize that the entire bus has gone into a kazoo serenade. And they are all they all have kazoos. And it's hysterical that they're all playing this music. It, I, it's a beautiful I, moment. This is No, it is the opposite. I, there's been one beautiful oh, moment please. with kazoos in my life. Oh, and it was please. not this movie. Don't jack off to your kazoo moment on the podcast. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. All know, I'm saying is I was were... I was involved in a burlesque show uh, at, where we gave kazoos to the audience and they were kind of using them at a time we didn't want them to. And as an impromptu thing, the host, our friend Chris, uh, actually asked them because it was a Christmas show to do Oh Holy Night. And I will say this. It was incredibly moving to hear an audience of something like 120 people or however many it was doing uh, the kazoo Oh Holy Night. That was literally non-jokingly no, one of the sincerely you, you moving that. moments of my and life. And that's true. And, and this I movie has some of the dumbest sound cues. And I refuse to I refuse to acknowledge that that's a good thing. Again, it already had a boing with the boobs. Mm-hmm. You get this fucking kazoo thing. I think the kazoo thing was they, very nice. They throw so many dumbass jokes like the fucking Peter Gunn theme coming on. You know, or people from our age maybe know it as the Spy Hunter theme mm-hmm. you know you know like it's just it's just tons of dragnet and you know like any dumbass like comedy cue it's like it's not funny i'm sorry i understand that you watched this movie when you were seven or eight or whatever nine or whatever how so i don't remember my age <laughs> i don't remember so how I was. They, but it's dumb they anyway <laughs> so so you can bring up your joan cusack thing now because yeah oh, well, it goes into like and we're rattling through like all the worst tropes of the 80s because joan cusack is like it's like let's laugh at the disabled girl She's not disabled. She's in a fucking neck brace. She has a headgear. Yeah, but it's also a neck brace. Yeah. 
Like, I'm sorry, when you have a neck brace, you're disabled because you can't, she can't turn her head and has to do, there's a lot of slapstick of her in this movie, like drinking out of water fountains and falling over and like, like drinking drinks and falling over. Like it's, it's, it's really kind of horrible. And like, I like Joan Cusack most of the time, although she does have a tendency to play very irritating characters, but I like Joan Cusack most of the time, but. This was this was painful. Aww. This was this is like ah, oh, and then and that and that's not even she's not even the worst because you know we haven't we haven't even gotten you know to the racism. Well, we're almost there. We're but real before close. we before we get there, we we, we get homophobia we, first. We get, we get introduced. What? We get the homophobia first. We do. Yeah, whenever he's hitting on her on the bus and uh, oh and yeah, well that's drops, we're about to get she there. She drops the hard. We're almost gonna get there. I'm just saying she so, drops a hard. So F. everybody's not left the, the fuck, but the other. So hard everybody's F. left the bus except Joan Cusack, Molly Ringwald. And as we were about to meet, Anthony Michael Hall, Farmer Ted. I don't know where he got the farmer from, but apparently he's Farmer Ted. Oh, yeah, there's no real farmer explanation Ted. for that in the movie either. My favorite part is that they refer to him as Ted, they call him Farmer Ted, and then he's listed in the credits as the geek. Which he is. But, yes, but he's often referred to as Farmer Ted. Why are, Why wouldn't you just list him as, as that? There were because, many geeks. Because John Cusack, John Cusack, John Hughes... John Cusack is also a geek, but that's not what I was trying to say. Yeah. John Hughes clearly has, despite being obviously quite nerdy himself, clearly has a secret hatred of geeks. Because, you know, he has Anthony Michael Hall play the same sort of idiot geek in um, in Breakfast Club. Yeah, but he's got heart in both Yeah, he's got heart in both the movies, but he ends up being really pathetic. Mm. Like, honest to God, like that, that fucking flare gun monologue in Breakfast Club, sadness. Mm-hmm. That's pathetic. Mm-hmm. It takes all the pathos of his character away and turns it back into a slide whistle joke. Mm. Like I, John, John Hughes hates nerds. Okay. I mean, look at, I mean, look at, look at, like he hates nerds so much that he got John Cusack to play Ducky. God, John Cusack's irritating. <laughs> John Cusack doesn't play Ducky. John, I keep saying John. John Cryer plays. Ducky. John Cusack plays everything in my brain. Apparently, I was trying to say John Cryer. John Cryer plays Ducky. For I the know, rest of you right. who don't. Uh, I don't know why. Don't I actually... say, and he also plays Lenny in Superman fucking Thor. And you're gonna fucking be watching that movie if you don't fucking behave. Anyway, so um. You think this is bad? You think Sam, Cobra was bad? Sam uh, meets Farmer Ted, or I think she knows him, and he's he's hitting on her, and he's being Can't really obnoxious. <laughs> he's being obnoxiously in her space, like very in her space. Oh yeah, he's gross. It's gross. He's disgusting. He's disgusting. And she's you know knocking him you know down, and yes, she uses the big F word, and we are. Uh, oh, it's a hard F. It's the hard F. Oh. Um, oh man, it, it's a word you forget how. Like, even up to, like, 10 years ago was a word that was completely acceptable in a lot of things that we would never use nowadays. You know, well, not we, not everyone would never use it, but most people nowadays. Like, that, it's so jarring, like, for me to hear that word now. And, like, it was in everything back, you know, like, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous and homophobic. Like, mm-hmm. they drop, they drop that word all the time. Yes. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. And this is, this is a movie that really, really does a lot of those things that like it, it, it wouldn't be made the same way now. Right. No way. So, so he gets, she gets off, the, you know, she, she basically blows him off and she gets off the, uh, off the bus, but you can tell he's got a thing for her, even though she's absolutely not interested. And, uh, she goes home and she has, from the early morning, she's been told that the, the grandparents are coming on both sides because they're all coming in for this mm-hmm. wedding and they're all staying at the house. So she goes up to her room and of course her grandparents are there and they're all, complaining about their, you know, asper cream or whatever it is that's going on. Oh, just, and so she leaves to go down to to her brother's room just to set up, you know, in there and she he has a he has bunk beds and she lays down on the bottom bunk cuz she's still depressed about the fact that a she lost this test that now somebody knows that she has a thing for Jake Ryan and nobody's even acknowledged her birthday at all including the grandparents and uh so she's that's, that's fairly shitty yeah that I'm is not, fairly shitty it's, so it's she's, also almost completely unbelievable that no one in the yeah. family would have known so she's laying on on this bed and all of a sudden you see 
you hear a gong. And, oh my god, a fucking gong for the donger. Down and down pops the gong, the donger, the gonger. Gong donger. The donger. And he's Oh, Getty Watanabe. And oh my, oh my god. god. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Almost. Alright, there's a period in the middle of the movie where I'm not embarrassed for him because you know he's getting he he's, doing his, his, own, he's yeah. doing his thing and, and getting it on. But like the the, the 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 first few scenes with him and the last few scenes with him, horribly yeah, offensive. They were pretty it's racist. like at least he's actually Asian. Well, yeah. Like he's well, American, he, his real name's Gary, but you know, like, yeah. like at least he like is of Asian descent, unlike say your Fisher Stevens in Short Circuit. Which but I, you but know, I, I think, but it even, is it is horrible. Well, and and the best part is that his his name in the movie is Long Duck Dong. Okay, yeah. and they keep referring to him as the Chinese, the little Chinese man in the yeah. That's that's a Vietnamese mm-hmm. name. Yeah, that's a Vietnamese name, and and yet the gong is Japanese. Yeah, is the gong Japanese? Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was, well, I knew it was some, yeah. Yeah, it's Japanese. I, it's so anything it's other like, than generic Asian, you which, know, like um, stereotype. Where we, I'm where really we... surprised that, although, wait, no, I I take it back. I was going to say, I'm really surprised Turning Japanese wasn't played, but oh, it was. It was. That's right. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. <laughs> this oh, movie yeah. could not be more racist against him. Like, that character is horrible. Horrible. Like, I, it's just, like, like. Within a few minutes of being introduced, you see the family sitting around eating, and he's got two spoons flipped around that he's using as chopsticks. Oh, I missed that. Oh yeah, you oh, didn't I totally notice that. It's that. horrible. Oh, yeah, like he's God, yeah, he's holding that. like yeah, he's holding by the <laughs> by the to the hand. He's eating with like the the handles. Oh my god! It is like because culture shock is funny. Oh yeah, you know, it's, I mean it's it's and and gr- I'm about to be very racist here, but only to. Exercise the point. Um, and Grandpa's hyena won't get the Oh, yeah, he gets the wrong words. Yeah. Wrong words. Like, and, like, and they're I, making fun of him. Now, admittedly, it, it, I will admit I've laughed at, at, like, when the Marx Brothers, when Chico is doing the Italian, even though he's, you know, like, technically, you know, Jewish, playing an Italian stereotype when he gets the words wrong. But, you know, I, I, for some strange reason, it doesn't feel as bad with the Italians, probably because, you know... Let's face it; they're all mobsters. Yeah. And, oh, well, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I, now you're gonna bring up Irish potato farmers. Oh no! Farmers? No, no, no! Potato thieves—they're too mm. drunk to farm. So, um, so, uh, so anyway, uh, the family. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I have a note later: turning Japanese. Dot. 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 Really written in here. So yeah, that, so obviously the, that that did happen. The family, the, the parents, the parents, and the oldest daughter are supposed to go out to dinner with the. Uh, family, the new family to be, um, because apparently they've never met. So they're allowing their daughter to marry a guy they've never met. They've never met the parents. It's very bizarre. Yeah, and and, and oh, and and the guy she's marrying, like <laughs> yeah. one year later, and like and, like I know she's supposed to be a little older than him, but she's obviously supposed to be like only a couple years older than Molly Ringwald. So yeah. she's probably just in maybe her early twenties at oldest. She's. Marrying the guy who ends up playing the janitor in the Breakfast Club, which is kind of awesome. Like, oh my god, and he is—he's horrible. And yes, we, he's the origin of the term "oily bohunk." I think that yes. you hear all the time yes. when, up here when people are talking about you know any of the oily bohunks, which is a terrible term as well. I mean, I, oh, it's aff- it's offensive on purpose. Yeah, well, right. So, so, but again, at this point, considering how horrible they already are to Asians, you know, like uh, you know, like it's it's almost acceptable the level of racism they have against the bohunks so it's actually (laughs) their their last name is Rizcheck with no vowels with no vowels well wise sometimes wise vowels it is sometimes why is a vowel no I said sometimes wise vowels as in the vowels that are sometimes wise ah yeah if you're transcribing I want to make sure you put that right it's sometimes why apostrophe s vowels Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so they're out to dinner with them, and you can just tell it's really awkward and horrible, and uh, nobody's nobody's happy about this arrangement. Really, oh, it's, it's gross. They're, it's and, gross. Oh, Their family's gross. Oh, and, and let's let's the daughter getting married now. She's apparently done some Broadway and some other stuff, and she's apparently a skilled actress. But in this movie, every time she speaks, 
she is so spaced and out of it sounding. It doesn't sound like an acting job, though. It just sounds like an. A- it just sounds like someone who can't talk very well. And she's very condescending. Which I. I mean, I know that was intentional. Yeah. Sam, what's the problem? I mean, I wanted to smack the crap out of her. However, I will give her some props for later, which we'll get to. Uh, yeah, yeah, later on she later does, on, some, she she does, does some, some pretty fun some, stuff. Some so fun stuff. that but happens it's, later. It's not when she speaks. No. Um, yeah, and so we get we get to like we get to uh, you know um, like this big. Uh, so so the family so the parents are out to dinner, but the but the rest of the family, the kids and the grandparents, are all having dinner at the house. And Sam, there's a party. There's a party. There's a dance at the school. That Sam and, has to go yeah, to. She, like, in quotes. In quote, she decides to try to get out of this dinner because they're all asking a million questions, but nobody said anything about her birthday. So she says she needs to leave, and instead of just being excused from the table, the grandparents uh, invite her to take. Long Duck Dong with her. Oh, we haven't even explained why he's there. He's he's an exchange student who's helping one of but the. It, but it, it, it seems like it seems like they've basically technically got him as an indentured, indentured servant. servant or yeah, slave, it's perhaps. really creepy. Like he's going to build their railroads. It's so you know, it's, weird. It's, it's so strange and like. It's like we. It's like they. Like it's like I. Did he actually say we ordered up a Chinaman or? Uh, no, but it just feels like that's. It feels it's like literally what it say, feels though. like. It's very creepy. It, it feels like he just they like it's like a mail order bribe, but instead it's like a mail order kid. It's so weird. And so anyway, they she she's unfortunately roped into taking him to this dance. And of course, the minute that he gets there, he finds a girlfriend, and she's essentially left going. He's here for five minutes and has a girlfriend, and I have nothing. Yeah. And that comes that comes to the brief period of the movie where like he's having such a great time being himself that I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't hate I don't hate those those parts. Right. You know when when he's with, when he's with his crazy Amazon girlfriend. Yeah, you know, it's pretty fun. You know, it's fun. But but, um, um, but yeah. going back, so she gets to the dance. Yeah, she gets to the dance, and she's I I know like I. I Basically, it just it it she's he's there. She's like all blah, 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 blah about yeah. it, and it ends badly for her because she she you know she's looking for Jake. She sees him, and then she's about to go talk to him, and, and then, then she gets interrupted by Farmer Ted and is and embarrassed he, by that yeah. whole experience. Just call him the geek. Everyone knows him. Yeah. No, they know Miss Farmer Ted. <laughs> no, we, I, we know Miss Anthony Michael Shut Hall. Up. Let's be honest. So playing the Anthony Michael Hall character, you know, she gets you know this whole thing happens, and he interrupts her, and she gets embarrassed, and she runs out, and she's all upset, and. Um, she she ends up. She in, drops her glass slipper and no. Yeah, uh-huh. no she ends up uh, going to the I don't know what the, the auto body the shop. auto body shop, which I mean, cool on them for having one. That's Honey, kind of awesome. um, I you went to an art school. Let me explain something about public schools. Some people go to public school and are doomed to to not be going to college, and they know it. They have a thing called shop. Well, I know what shop is. Well, that's well. A lot of times they have like auto body stuff oh, in the shop. It's okay. okay. Which it's not just people making birdhouses. <laughs> like there's all sorts of things. There's welding. They, they, they teach all sorts of things in there. Like well, that's kind of cool. It, yeah, except for the classes are usually filled with very scary people. Oh, really? Because they're the people who probably going to drop out if they if you don't teach them a skill. Oh. They're yeah. It's it's usually you know like the scary people. Oh, are usually what does scary classes. people mean? It's a euphemism I'm using for rednecks because I went to school in the South, but I don't want to talk about them as rednecks. But oh. yeah, and if any of our listeners are scary rednecks who weld, look, I know how to weld too. You know, I've I've done it. You know, okay. uh, you know, so I understand. But <laughs> so I'm she's just in saying, the but, car. Yeah, and she's, she's in this like sad. she's in like a chassis of a car. Like, and and uh, Farmer Ted shows up because God, every time you call him Farmer Ted, I die inside a little I bit. I know what's well, true though. It's like saying Frankenstein's monster whenever you just mean Frankenstein. Come on. And he shows up, and he. <laughs> 
you know, sits down to talk to her and she lets him in even though she just doesn't want to. But and She lets him in the car door, which is locked. Yeah. And he can't get in. And she, it's it's an open-topped chassis. Yeah, it's like with, the most ridiculous You know, like thing. she pulls the knob up because it's not even, like it's, you know, the days whenever cars didn't have like, you know, locks like. Yeah, auto locks. It's an old chassis too. It's like not only. So you know, he gets in and they actually start having a very nice. They have a very com- sincere. Yeah, and sincere for a, nice for a moment, the movie actually becomes very real. And mm-hmm. I will say this is times when John Hughes actually turns his characters into human beings again. And that's a problem I have with a lot of this movie is it's, I mean, I know like everyone's kind of broad in Breakfast Club, you know, and like that movie doesn't date, is dated and doesn't age as well as I'd like it to right. from for nostalgia reasons. But this one, really the broadness, it's like, this movie feels like it wants to be a teen boob comedy, but it's not really. Yeah. And it like, so it's it's like mixed between a teen boob comedy and a, and a sincere coming of age comedy. And this is where it gets sincere. And it, actually, the sincerity works a lot better for me than the teen boob stuff. And I normally prefer a teen boob comedy to to anything mature. So right before but, this, and we just haven't mentioned this yet, but we, we did we get we did meet the sack, the Q sack. Yeah, the sack. Um, and his sack. and his cohort, they're like. He, By the way, welcome back. Yeah. Sack. <laughs> Farmer Ted Cusack and whatever the other dude's name is. Uh, I think his name is Bryce or Cliff yeah, yeah. or something. Oh no, Bryce is Bryce is, uh, Bryce is Cusack. Cusack. And then Cl- Cliff, Cliff is and Cliff is Cliff. By the way, is the guy who I feel the worst the worst for because okay, John Cusack within like a year is going to have a growth spurt and he's going to start playing cooler guys. You know, he'll be playing you know world weary hobos that help intrepid girl reporters across the country. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and uh, you know, and 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 you know, Anthony Michael Hall will have a successful nerd career for a while and then he'll suddenly have a, hit like a, you know, a bit of a gross bird play some jocks and later on he'll get to be in the Nolan Batman movies. Right. You know, and then but then Bryce Oh, you mean Cliff? Cliff? I can't even remember who he is. <laughs> Cliff? I don't know that. Like, did he do anything? I don't know. Poor but the Cliff. point is that we like, meet I, them I because he—they are the—that's—that's that's his crew, if you will. And he—they've bet him because um, he talks about how he's going to get with some girl. Like, he's going to get with actually with with Sam, our Mel, Marley Ringwald. And they're like, "No way! We'll bet you ten floppy disks. You can't do that." And floppy disks <laughs> back in the day were really expensive, apparently. Oh, so. they were really expensive. And, yeah. Oh, side note: I, I just looked up Cliff uh, Darren mm-hmm. Harris, the actor. He's been in three movies: Sixteen Candles, where he played Cliff the Nerd; Weird Science, where he played one of the weenies mm. <laughs> and Better Off Dead where he played nerd number three. See, there you go. So he's got so, a full career yeah, as a nerd. And he's Canadian so I guess oh, he yeah, had to no, there nerds. we go. So, oh, now I've alienated our Canadian Oh, God, we do actually have Canadian listeners. We have a lot of listeners. Canadian listeners. Oh, God, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> pet them and say we love you. We love you. So, um... And others. And others. <laughs> Many. Uh, so we, um... So, so uh... Basically, they've bet him that no way, no way and they need proof and they're like... Sorry you, about the leaves. You gotta get, you gotta get, uh, uh, you know, proof and he's like, what kind of proof? They're like pictures and he's like, or video and he's like, yeah, that's not gonna happen and he's like, all right. <laughs> you got to videotape yourself doing, doing it with Molly Ringwald. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So then he says, uh, fine, underpants, girls' underpants. And so he's like, fine. So now we're jumping back to the uh, car. Yeah. And yeah, oh, yeah, very he, sincere. yeah he, it's important to know that. Yeah, it's important. They have a really sincere moment where they legitimately connect. And he, he, he actually realizes, one, he doesn't stand a chance with her. Although he does, there is some good old-fashioned date rape humor for a while there. Which is you always know, fun. 80, 80s date rape humor where, you know, he, he leans in a few times and tries to make a move forcefully and she says no and then she says okay, but not to that and he thinks she, and so he goes back in and it's like, ugh. Right. It's not, it's not even funny in like, if it weren't offensive, it still wouldn't be funny because it's the say it's it's just a dumb joke. Yeah. But like, but then he kind of goes, okay, I get it. And then from then on, he's never really the character he was before, he's, right? You know, like he's never really the annoying third like guy trying to trying to block her right. anymore. Right? Uh, he's like, he's like she, he realizes that she's totally because she admits she's totally head over heels with not Matt Dillon, who and, is super Matt Dillon-ing, by the way. And in, the, in this, and in this he sequence. and and because he had tried to dance with her earlier, Jake 
took notice of that and asked him about her, even yeah. though they, he doesn't because know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely he. It's weird because like this movie never explains other than, other than him seeing a note, like stealing a note that says she wants him to be her first yeah. or her to be him. She wants him to be her first. Oh, I said it right. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but um, other than seeing that note, and meanwhile he's dating the hot girl. Other than the that, prom queen. the prom queen. Yeah, you know, I put I put air quotes in for the hot girl. Uh, once again, not not a visual medium. Uh, but he's he's trying to date this. Uh, He's trying to date her now. Apparently, yep. he's trying to leave his his prom queen girlfriend for for her. We don't know she's annoying yet. Well, oh come on, she's a hot girl in an eighties movie who's no, but dating my point the male is that we lead. Don't have isn't the isn't the male? We isn't don't the have lead? proof that she is because they keep talking about like her brother died and like there's all this like I don't remember that. Oh yeah, they mentioned something. Was about I looking her. at was that while her boobs were on screen? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I was looking at boobs. I know. Um, it's the first time I'd ever heard it, too. So, okay, so yeah. you were looking at boobs. I was like, oh, hello. Yeah. Well, she's got some nice she's boobs. She's got some perky, pretty boobs. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like, but you know, because it's an 80s movie, you know already, you don't have to be shown by the movie. In an 80s movie, if there is a hot girl who is the rival of the main girl for the affections of the main guy, she's going to be annoying. Oh, really? They're never not. Is that how it works? Yeah, thank that, you for explaining all of the. 80s no, 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 no. That's the nerd. That's a nerd girl. No, I know. I'm just saying. Thank you for explaining. It okay, Lisa Lutner. I don't know what you were talking about. Because oh apparently, the estate I don't of watch Radner is going to sue us at all, ever. Or perhaps the estate of. My she's point not is, dead. The, she's not dead. But the estate of. Uh, 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 you keep coming. Keep coming with it, honey. Oh, uh, laugh in person, Edith Ann. Do I have to? Uh, Lily Tomlin. Thank you. Would you like me to sp- all of me? Do I have to? Tr- do I have to turn the little knob on the back yeah. of? You she's she's do- she's acting out turning a knob. Again, I, I I feel like we're doing this for like the the visually impaired. <laughs> I feel like we're like one of those people who sits in the play and explains what's going on to the visually impaired. Oh my god! Like which, right now, we're we're happened we're to us that one time that was yeah. really awkward. That one time last week. That was that last week. That was like last week. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that was in between the recording of the of the last of the podcast. Oh my goodness. Um, so uh, anyway, so so um, they're having this very. I highly recommend it because then you can shut your eyes and not watch the play. Very kind moment between them. And then at the end of it, um, he basically asks her, she because he tells her, you know, Jake, oh, you like Jake? Oh, yeah, he was asking about you. And she's like, you better not be lying. He's like, no, no, no. he admits he's a virgin. Oh, the the geek admits, yeah. yeah. No, but. Jake doesn't admit he's a virgin. (laughs) Careful what you're saying there. Dude, he's almost Matt Dillon. Yeah. So basically he, he, uh, Farmer Ted basically says to her, you know, oh, Jake's my boy. He was asking about you. And she's like, I should go for it, right? I should go do something. He's like, yeah, I I mean, might as well go for it. But then he he stops her before she leaves. And he asks her for her, to borrow her underpants for 10 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, which you know he's basically going to go show the guys, and he's like, I, you know, I don't have to actually get physical with you, but I need to make it look like we did something. And, and for some like, reason, she agrees. I don't know why you would agree to that, but I she mean, does. I know he, I know he kind of opened up to her for a little bit, but I, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it's too, it's not enough for me to then pass my underwear. No, over. sorry. It's I not mean, happen. Lord knows what Japanese vending machine that's going to end up in. Uh huh. You know, so, so she, so she runs off to go. Racism gets a Japanese. She runs to go find him, and of course she, she blows it because she can't see. And by the way, that's around the time I did that, and that's. This is around the time turning Japanese appears right in the she, montage. She 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 runs. She goes to go talk to him, and of course, you know, he she she freezes up when she sees him, and she can't say anything. And then she leaves. He leaves, and she's all upset, and she basically has no underwear on anymore, and it's really yeah. awkward. Yeah, and she's going. Yeah, she go basically goes, goes home. home. She yeah. goes home, but she has to drive with 
Dong, Long Duck Dong, and the girlfriend now. Yeah, and to then, leave. Yeah, and and Dong drops her off and peels out. With, yeah, to go with, to the senior party with with the da 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 da. Yeah, and that's when Turning Japanese comes on. And, and then, yeah, they, they, in they the peel meantime, out to the senior party, and the nerds and are the nerds like, are all, all going. People and, are paying a buck to come see her underwear. Yeah, and they yeah. all get in, and of course he pulls up her underwear, which is yeah. I think they did a really nice job making yeah. it like cotton undies. Like yeah, I was really yeah, happy yeah, about well, that. Yeah, it wasn't sexy underwear. Yeah, it was what an actual teenage girl would wear. You know, underwear. In the 80s, underwears. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, I don't know what teenage girls wear now. You know, I promise. Don't look at me like that. What do you know? Should I have a seat? <laughs> do you have some, I, can I at least have some tea? Oh my no, uh, but, um, you know, so we they end up going to the senior party. And by the way, oh, by the way, I forgot the nerds. Like, they do it in a bathroom. And I, if this, this movie is one step away from pulling, like, the guy with an office in the bathroom high school movie joke like I was really expecting almost for him yeah. to actually have a desk in there yeah. I really was he was going to be a total Eagle Bauer from Rock and Roll High School which is a 70s movie so I can't force you to watch no, it you can't. but anyway, I can force you no that's the 90s but the Damn senior it. party is it, actually being done at Jake's house yes which I didn't realize she, at first I couldn't no, figure it out at first she, and, and, and his girlfriend Caroline set well, up the party and by the way this this senior party it actually looks like it's for senior citizens yeah, they're the true. oldest like I, I like I know everyone seems a little old. Senior citizen. Like senior it, it, I know everyone seems older when you're like a freshman senior oh seems so old. But these kids, like they seem old 30. to me. I'm almost forty, and yeah. these people look old to me. Yeah. Like his friend in the like, do you remember his friend who looked vaguely like Lou Ferrigno that they were like doing yeah chin doing chin ups, well, yeah. fake doing chin ups because the the bar was below their yeah. head when they stood, so yeah. I guess they were ducking down. But like he like that guy looked like he could not have been young. I thought he was like his coach. For yeah. a while, and I'm yeah. like, no, wait, he's got to be his friend. <laughs> like, he wouldn't be talking about this with his coach. Yeah, you know, it's very weird. It's very sick. Oh, and he also had the the the, the that totally '80s short shorts with the socks hiked yep. up. Which yep. God, like within three years, that would be gone away. Because by the late '80s, you were made fun of if your socks were hiked mm-hmm. up. But here in 1984, no, that's fine. No, no, that's what you wear. Because I remember in middle school, people getting mocked if they pulled their socks up. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they show up to the house, which is Jake's house, and apparently his parents are out of town. Whatever, yeah. blah blah blah. And I mean, I. Uh, the, you see Jake sitting in his room, but I swear it's a girl's room. It, it, actually, it's not even just a girl's room. It's like a woman's room. Yeah. I, it looks like it's his parents' room. Yeah, it's so weird. But he goes away He, he goes away because his, his, his girl, uh, uh, what's her name? Caroline. Uh, Caroline. She's super Haviland duper Desmali yeah. or whatever her name is. Her, she's so duper drunk. She's irritatingly, annoyingly, like, disgustingly sloppy drunk, you know? And in, like... A rare spur of incredible realism, a high school guy doesn't want to take advantage of a drunk girlfriend. Right. That's so strange. Well, she's boring. She is boring. Yeah, she's and boring. And that, that sets him apart. He's, yeah. Though he's handsome and popular. And he could have any girl he wanted. wants. He's bored. And he's actually looking for a real girlfriend. To settle down with. Because so he, he's 17. So he goes and finds what, okay, so this is this is just funny to me because he pulls out, uh, he pulls out and looks at her the, the yearbook, and he looks at Sam's picture, Molly Ringwald's picture, and then apparently pulls out what I assumed is the, you know, the, the telephone book for the school. Now, we used to have something like that when I was in grade school called the buzz book, and that, that was where all the phone numbers were. You know, I think they do that for, like, sometimes for, like, some classes do that. Yeah. Like, but you have to volunteer it and everything. Well, but in this case, I think it was such I a... I just feel so... It just feels so strange. So her phone number was in there, and since she has a private line, but the grandparents are staying in her room, and she's obviously not in there. She's sleeping so on the some, couch. You get some great old yucks. You get some funny, you oh, know... Oh, it's a prank caller. He's not talking. He's not talking on the phone because he, he, you know, is waiting for them to answer, and it takes them, like, seven minutes to pick up the phone, and then he goes to hang up. And I really can't believe uh, her grandmother was not a voice of one of the fairies from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, I was so convinced. Yeah, sounds like it. I know. She, she 
so so she she hangs so so they have this whole back and forth and it happens a couple of times where the phone rings they pick it up they think that he's a heavy breather and you know he's being gross and he wants to talk to sam and it's a whole nine yards and whatever and like he can't get a hold of her but he's trying to call her but he can't seem to get her in because of the great crazy grandparents and the grandparents yeah and he's like can i just get her a message and meanwhile she ends up coming home and she's downstairs Mm -hmm. on the couch because like she's been kicked out of every other bed in the house on her birthday and then honest to god and like I will say this, the second half of the movie picks up quite a bit. Like the day after her birthday, I enjoy the movie a lot more than her birthday. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking to myself at this scene, I'm like, my God, Paul Dooley is doing his damnedest to save this movie for uh, me. Because he comes in and he's like, he's actually a human being. Yeah, it's like, super that's the thing is, and, and this is the thing, I love unrealistic comedic movies. I do. I'm a huge fan of non-realism. I, you know, I'm a fucking immature guy at heart. I right. would rather see like some dumb comic book movie or some wacky comedy over like a serious like coming of age story. But the moments in this movie that I legitimately like are only the moments when they're being human. Yeah. And he's actually a very human, he apologizes, oh my God, I, I, I can't believe, you know, we blew it. We, we forgot your birthday. And it, and it, it, and it really sounded lovely, like a real yeah, dad apology. Yeah, it was really nice. It had, that, it had that fumbling, awkward feeling of, I am technically in charge of you, but I screwed up and, you know, I, yeah. I know I'm at fault. You know, and I'm going to try and find a way to make it better, but I don't really know how to do it because I'm the dad and I'm not really in touch with my emotions. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it really does. And, and you know, it really makes up for the fact that her brother is so irritating that I want to beat him to death. And mm-hmm. he keeps wearing Cubs fucking clothes. And I'm like, don't wear my team's clothes, you horrible person. Oh, my God. So, so he has this beautiful moment with her. And it was really kind of touching because um, you see her, you see their relationship and you realize that... He has a different relationship with all the kids, and he actually talks about that. He's like, you know, your your sister, I know she's going to be okay because, you know, everything comes easy to her, and maybe that's not so good. He's like, but you, I know it doesn't come as easy for you, but I know that you're going to always be okay because of that, because you've had it hard. She's not had it hard. So for right, her— Like, like when, when it happens for you, it's going to be for real because you're right. not going to, you know, you're not going to settle for something stupid. Exactly. You know, and whereas whereas it's very obvious, the movie sets it up very obviously that, that she's— settling for some guy that she really shouldn't be married exactly he's they're 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 like they're if we're gonna be if we're gonna take this movie at face value as a serious story about like a relationship there's no way that they're still married so no. this is 1984 there's no way they're married by the first call four right no great like no they're not making it no, they're not they're, they're not, not making, making it through they're not making it past the a-team being on the air no they're not making it very you know, far alf May, may, maybe, 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 be on the air. maybe, but um. So, and that's such a such a nice moment that you see that he takes each kid. Yeah, he's in. he really he's coming in and he's being like the uh, the the John Mahoney from uh, say anything, say anything. Mm-hmm. or the. Well, he turned out to be a criminal, but yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but he was a good guy. He was, like he was a good, good dad. He was a good dad. He was a good dad. Yeah, he was a heartfelt. Or the uh, Harry Dean Stanton plays a dad in one of these '80s movies, right? Yeah. I don't remember which one, but I see his face yeah. and it's in there. Um, or like, or like Carrie Dean Stanton in Repo Man, where he's you know. Oh yeah, he's, he's, no. Oh, so anyway, Paul Dooley in Repo Man. Oh, he played the security guard. So so anyway, <laughs> it's a it's a lovely little scene, and you know uh, she does admit to him that she has a, um, a a crush on the guy, and that he he makes a really nice point where he says, you know, that's why they call them crushes because um, if they were easy, you know, if they were easy, they called them something else or something yeah. like that. I think that's that was, just a, that, sweet. was a, that was a nice little moment. That yeah. was again again a very nice little moment sitting in this morass of real offensive stuff. And going back to that, let's move back. Now they're back the, to the party. Back to the party and everyone's pretty much gone. Oh, by the way, at one point, the the cheerleader 
prom queen girlfriend um, gets, her, gets her, hair. her hair caught in the door and uh, she drunkenly demands someone else cut it off. Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz and from uh, somebody who looks like Ali Sheedy but isn't Ali. Sheedy. Yeah, I know. Like that's the weirdest thing. Is she was Ali Sheedy's like? I guess he was like, no, poor, Ali. Poor Ali Sheedy, we're not gonna. We're not, I'm not gonna waste you in this movie. Yeah. I'm going to wait and put you in a movie that's more your speed. She's literally the poor man's Ali Sheedy. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's weird because he had Ali Sheedy in the, like, in the tank. Maybe she was busy at that point. Doing what? I don't know. So they cut her hair off. So it's very funny. It's a very funny moment. Yeah, I guess. It's okay. Eh. It's all right. But, you know, but the point is now we're back and, like, we're up to the point where the party's pretty much dying out. But Anthony Michael Hall is still there. He yeah, but passed you, out under the table. Well, he didn't pass out. He was oh, he's trapped. He was, he was put under under, under a table, glass, glass table because he's a nerd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a whole thing where like they came in, they they, they snuck into the senior party, and yeah. they all look like they're like ten. Yeah. You know, and all, all these guys are, like forty, and they they knock over a, a, a pyramid can of beers that these giant people were doing. You know, standard eighties joke. You know, they do something, and a giant guy gets up and threatens them. Yeah. You know, so. Anyway, we get back like that, that. That that's neither here nor there. It's a cheese. It's a. But cheesy he's stuck joke. under the table and 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 he, and, he lets him and out. he lets him out. And they and kind they of they have sit this in the kitchen. Like, they have yeah, a they kind of have like a and heart it turns heart. And it turns out, uh, Anthony Michael Hall apparently mixes a mean mean martini. Mean martini. He did a really nice. Yeah, job yeah. There. Clearly, he looked. He, he, he was tending bar. You know, was, but the house is impressive. totally the trash. The house is totally trash. Totally trash. And, you know, the funny thing is, he never really talks about how much trouble he's going to get in. He no. just looks resigned. He's just like, oh man, I got to clean this shit up. Oh well, you know, because I guess he's got to be the perfect guy. He's got to be someone who just accepts and deals. You know. Well, you find out that. There's like five cars in the garage, and one of them's a Rolls Royce. Later, so I mean, yeah, you well, yeah. think he can he's call got, yeah, a cleaning crew, cleaning crew and yeah, no, I, I know he's not really, you know, like, but um, but then they have this this discussion where Anthony Michael kind of pulls a decent human. This is another moment in the movie where it's like, okay, I'm beginning. It's it's more sincere, mm-hmm. you know, blah blah blah. You know, like they they sort of like get their, their they be, they have like a heart to heart where he where Anthony Michael Hall says, listen, she she really likes you, you know, and blah blah blah. Don't don't hurt her. You know, she's a yeah. good person. She was nice to me, and she didn't need to be. Yeah. You know, and and he's like, yeah, you know, and he talked about his life and whatever, and you know, he's he's like, look, I'm not, I don't need her for just sex. If I want to, and he says, and this is where we get back to fucking '80s date rape comedy. Or tolerance, at least maybe mm-hmm. not comedy. He's like, I could violate her ten ways to Sunday. Talking, talking about, about his drunk, girl. his drunk girlfriend who's passed out, you know, on like on a bed or couch somewhere in the house, uh, you know. And then he, he basically, then he basically says, like, you know, like, can you get her home? And yeah. Anthony Michael's like, well, I could, but I don't. I, I don't have a driver's license. I don't have a, a car. car. And he's like, okay, I can. You can. I can loan you a car. My dad's car. He's like, also, I don't have a driver's license. You know? He's like, I trust you. And he's like, I also, I'm a freshman, yeah. <laughs> you know. And he's like, whatever, go out, you know. You know? And he's obviously a little drunk too, because yeah. he's like, Anthony Michael is drinking at this party. He yep. isn't. He isn't like. He isn't a teetotaling nerd at all, you know. But and so he picks him out of the garage, and he ends up giving like he, they end up throwing the girl in the car, and he, and like, and basically it's like he just he he basically kind of offers up his girl to Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, but then he gets upset about it later. So, a little bit, but yeah. not not a lot. Yeah. I don't even think he was that upset. Yeah. I think he was almost more relieved. Yeah. But like I'm more talking about he it's like a transactional thing. Yeah. Hey, you do me this favor, you can take the you can drive my dad's Rolls Royce. It's a Rolls Royce, by the way. Mm-hmm. His dad's Rolls Royce <coughs> and my you can take my hot girlfriend home. And, and, and there's a very heavy implication. Very heavy implication that it's like and if you need to have sex with her, she won't remember. Yeah, it's really a, heavily implied. implied. That's it's, true. It's kind of gross. And then he walks outside after that's all said and done. Anthony Michael Hall almost has an accident. He's driving like he's so like Cautious, freaking out, yeah. like because because you know he's driving a Rolls fucking Royce. I would be freaking out now if I was driving a Rolls Royce. And then you know, so uh, not Matt Dillon goes out and has like sort of a sighing moment. And then hey, we're back to racism as Banzai. Here comes the donger out of nowhere again. 
Japanese word bonsai called a Chinaman has a Vietnamese name. I don't know if he said bonsai. He says bonsai. Does he? I wrote it down because I was like, oh, are you kidding? Oh, okay. I, I wrote bonsai racist. Oh, okay. You know, and then, and then you know, like. We're, I think, I think there's some, like, cut scenes because all of a sudden then we find out that um, at some point you, you see um, the two nerds who were with him at the party, Bryce and Cliff, are in the back of a trunk of the big, you know, Oh, well, they, oh yeah, well, it was implied that they, yeah, they got trapped in the trunk of a car and they, they end up getting dumped off somewhere. I don't think they got trapped. I think they were put there. Well, no, they, yeah, they were trapped there by other people. Yeah, but but they, like, kindly take them out and drop them off at home. I think, I didn't know they dropped them off at home. I thought they just dropped them off somewhere. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know if it was their home. Oh, maybe not. Okay. I don't think it was it's kindly a, so much as, so much as I think it was like, all right, that's enough. We'll get you out of our trunk because we don't want to get, you know, kidnapping is kind of a federal offense you and you can okay. be executed for yeah, it. So I think, I think that's probably, you know, why they were doing it. Well, anyway, know. the two guys are, the two nerds, the two are, nerds are at home. Are at home. And, and as, and as Ted is trying to take this girl home, he stops off because he wants to get, you know, proof that, that he has a Rolls Royce, the prom queen. And it looks like he's oh, and, and, and he, and he, like for a second, he, he suddenly just out of nowhere and we were more than halfway through the end of, through this movie at this point breaks the fourth wall and turns to the camera yeah and like you can't ferris bueller that late in the movie <laughs> i mean it's fine if you ferris from the beginning you know like in ferris bueller within five minutes pretty much at the beginning of the movie he is talking to the audience yes he introduces himself you know this is a movie where he it has like the zach morris power to narrate mm-hmm. you know like but in this movie there's never up to this point been a moment I mean, yeah, there's been the cheesy sound effects, you know, but it's still been a movie where there's a fourth wall. Right. And it's never broken again. No. It happens at once. And it's it's jarring and it's it's frustrating. So he you know? he shows up at their house and of course, you know, they're all falling all over each other to get this, you know, camera ready and fixed and whatever, and they take this picture and it's just awful. It's like it, the side it, of it's yeah, a kind it's of a beautiful moment. Well the best part is that they they're taking a Polaroid on a tripod. On a tripod. You know, like it's just it's it's so over the top, ridiculous. Oh, and then somewhere, somewhere. Oh, by the way, somewhere in the middle of all this, uh, we had Joan Cusack trying to drink a drink and falling over backwards. Yep. Um, someone gets, someone drops the R word. Um, oh. Retarded. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like just it's it's it gets it's pretty. It gets once again a nice little uh, you know day of awful. Yeah, it's know? a time capsule. Of and the then we kind of, of and then we and then we move on to the wedding day. Uh, uh, yes. So, let me make sure that we didn't forget anything. Oh, yeah. So they take the picture of the, uh, of, of Ted and the girl and there's, you see nothing. You, you see a, the side of Ted's face. Now, and and but, but she is like climbing all over him. Yeah, she is. And she's, she, she's awake again. Yeah. But, but she's, she's just like, drunk who are you? Yeah. Hey, yeah, whatever, you know. So, so yes, now we're at the wedding day and everybody's bustling to get ready in the house. And for a second, I actually thought they had, like, they all cram into two cars. Like everyone, like the family is like 12 people crammed in two cars. Going and I actually thought for a split second, and I do remember the little girl now. I actually thought for us the redhead. I remember her now. I actually thought for a split second that like they had left her behind again. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a home. I thought it was like John Hughes was having his home alone no. moment, you know, yeah. right there. Like, oh, we forgot her. Ah! But what has happened is that Ginny, the the one getting married, she has her period and she's having lots of cramps and she's taken four Valium. No, muscle relaxers. Um, or muscle relaxers. Muscle relaxers. Right, Very okay. important that you know the difference. Yes, the difference. Okay. So they get, you know, she's trying to get, they're trying to get her dressed and trying to get her ready to com- come down the aisle. And, and she's she like slumped. Literally and... collapses in the back. And this is where she actually, when she's not talking, the physical comedy she's, she does is she's great. Brilliant. She's got some really good slapstick. So she know? goes to go down the aisle and she's falling all over and Paul Dooley's trying to hold her up. And yeah, it's and, actually and, a very and funny. And Allie, Allie turned to me very heartfelt during this part and says, you know, this just before it happened, she's like, <laughs> this is what I was worried was going to happen on my wedding day. And I was like, 
as I'm watching this, I'm like, so you were worried you would accidentally take four muscle relaxers <laughs> and fall over into... Actually, the best part for me, the part where I legitimately laughed the hardest from that was... Um, oh, and there was another legitimate laugh earlier, I will say. Anthony Michael Hall leaning on the shelves in the auto shop and having them fall yes. over was was a legit laugh. I One of the few like belly laughs I got yeah. in this movie. This was another one. In the middle of that, she sits down in a chair... Next to someone on the aisle. She's like, the, I gotta sit down. I gotta sit down. And she's just sort of like <laughs> hanging out in the chair. Yeah. Like, because, you know, I, re- I, I remember you walking down the aisle because it was a good 48 minutes. Of very know, gradually making long. eye contact with literally everyone. Did it in- take that long? Oh, it was so long, man. Oh, I, shut you up. weren't alone at the front of the church. Not the church. At the front of the Italian <laughs> the restaurant. The church. <laughs> we had a Jewish yeah. wedding in an Italian restaurant. Right, there was yeah. no church. I don't know. What are you talking, what are you talking about? about? So, um, the band, the church, might have been there for all I know. But that would be the most <laughs> the closest to be. So, we, um, so, so she, she, they finally get her up to the front and, you know, she throws the veil, like, off because it's, like, in her face. It's yeah, very it's, funny, it's good. It's good. It's a good. It's good. This is one of the rare broad com- comedic moments that works. Yeah. She does know? a good job. For the most part. The broad comedy in this movie so was too broad. As that guess. whole getting married part is happening, uh, Jake is trying to track down Samantha. So he shows up at the house. He has her address and he shows up and um, Dong opens the door and he's obviously got a now, hangover. This is where I think, this is where I think, by the way, the um, the missing scenes came from. Like yeah. Where I think there's a missing scene. Oh, and at one point, they oh, they find Dong on the ground. Yeah. By the oh, way. that's right. We right forgot before, before the they leave. Right, and they're like poking him with a stick practically. And like, oh. Oh, and you, the best part is the grandpa's like, Dong. And, and he claps, like, claps his, hands. his hands. Oh, it's offensive. It's all. I, and he's like, and she's like, Grandpa is talking to you. Now, admittedly, I think that was more a joke at the expense of them than yeah. him. But still, it was kind of. Eh. And he's really hungover. And they thought he was dead for a while. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's just, oh, he's just drunk, you know. And yeah. then they're angry that he's drunk. I'm like, you just thought he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> but then, it, like, so anyway, he's back in. He's all beaten up and bruised. And clearly, this is why I think there was a missing scene. Yes, agreed. He goes, "Don't hit me again." Yeah. So obviously. Obviously, uh, well, when he some, says the bonsai thing, I think the whole on. idea is he's supposed to be jumping on Jake, and he, and then he says later, he's like, "You're gonna be, you beat up my face," and he's like, "You grab my nuts." Yeah, and he I, says, but I thought you were my new American style girlfriend. Right. Yeah. No. I, wow. You really remember. This I know this movie very well. But like, I, I guess like the scene that that actually happened in is not there, so it just feels really strange <laughs> it does, that they go back. Really and weird. T- it's like watching a Greek play. Yeah. You know, it's like the chorus is telling us about the fight that happened off stage, mm-hmm. where, and then Telemachus did grab the nuts of. <laughs> well, right. It's a very weird moment so anyway um he asks her where he asks him where where samantha is and he says oh you know she's down at the church getting married because you know he doesn't know who who everybody culture shock comedy and he's like what like married married you know so it's like it's marriage yeah i know but brings us together Yes. Today. So anyway, that's offensive against Elmer. Elmer's fud. Yes, it is the Elmer's. Elmer's fud. Fud. So um, plural different than Elmer's glue. Honey. Honey, I'm talking about grammar, and you go and do something like that. Yeah, that's what I do. Oh my god! So they go down to uh, crash. So that they go into. A... So they get. So they get to the. So you, we then cut from there because now now Jake knows where where Samantha is, and you see Ted and Caroline wake up in the car in a parking lot across from the church where everybody's getting married. Yeah. How convenient. How convenient, right? And, um, and they're, they're like, having what, this what very happened? heartfelt yeah. talk about how, did they have sex? Did they figure out if they had sex? Yeah. they I think I, they it, did. They probably did, but it's it's like they both were, at this point they were both blackout drunk. Yeah, they don't remember. They're both, because they, they, he keeps, like Ted keeps drinking too. Yeah. And they don't, neither of them remember the night before. And he's like, was I any was, good? Was I good? And she's like, I 
think yeah. you were. Yeah, I don't you know, know. They, like, I assume you were. Like, she like she gives him the benefit of the doubt. And, they, and she's actually kind of nice to him in a way that you wouldn't expect. Well, given. she says, like, my favorite part was waking up in your arms. And yeah, it was very, it was, a, a sweet, it was weirdly sweet. sweet but, but at the same time, it was kind of, it, it, it had a weird griminess to it. Yeah. Now, admittedly, I've woken up not really remembering where I was the night before. I don't think I've ever woken up in bed with someone I didn't know. Yeah, it's a little weird. You know, like, I, I've never done that, but I, I, usually it's been I've woken up without someone I knew who was there the night before until I drank too much. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I, I haven't really done done the, 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 the former, but it's it was a very, uh, I don't know, it was, it, it was a weird scene. I, yeah. I, I didn't know how I felt about it. And then, of course, it. Jake drives in and they're like, oh, crap, Jake, Jake's and Jake, here. And Jake's kind of like. He's kind of like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, like, he kind of is. He, yeah, like, he, he looks a little, like, ugh, disappointed. He and, but... he and Caroline, they kind of, like, decide to break up, but they do it very, like... It's a very amicable, amicable breakup. Amicable I think, I think they both realize that neither of them really wants to be with the other. And it yeah. was, I mean, it's, 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 it was, I, I frankly, it was kind of nice to see an amicable breakup. Yeah. Because, you know, in the real world, I never get to have that. Right. Like, and like then, I hope when you dump me, it's amicable. Well, you know. I'll work on that. So Judge him of this podcast. They, <laughs> so then, so then, of course, <laughs> you know, we go back to the, the church and, you know, she's getting ready to leave and she's absolutely just muscle relaxed out. And it's crazy and weird. They're and throwing rice and, and she's like eating trying it. Trying to eat it. She's trying to catch it in her mouth. It's very funny. Anyway, so then they get into the, to the, the limo getting ready to leave and Sam runs back in to grab her veil so that she doesn't leave without it. And, of course, by the time she gets out. Oh, yeah. Out, and, and that's when the organist, she runs into the organist. Yeah. Which I didn't li- listen to the mid- That Zelda Rubenstein plays the Zelda Rubenstein character. So we get to see her a couple times, which is kind of fun. <laughs> which is like, not, not, not in her ghost hunting mode, but no. in her wise, wise little person mode. Yes. Yes. You know, where she just delivers very odd like an odd line. God, she's a creepy little she's woman. So fabulous. I, I love her, but she, <laughs> she's creepy. She is fabulous. Had she, had she lived long enough, you know, she would have been on Carnival. Oh God, yes. Had Why she, not? Oh my God. So yeah. she, she, so, so uh, Sam goes to leave, and of course everybody's pretty much dispersing, and all the cars are leaving, and she's missed seeing her sister off, and she feels kind of bad about that, and then, <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Dun 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 as cap. So um all of a sudden you see Jake is standing just Matt Dillon esque against oh, yeah. his car. And they finally and they go up and they start and they immediately kiss. And I want to No, point, they don't kiss. They don't kiss? No. Oh, I thought they did. No. They do not kiss until the very last moment of the movie, honey. You do not get to mm-hmm. Okay. But they do have this they do have this sort of an awkward do they hug immediately? Nope. They don't hug at all. They don't touch. They have no But they but they don't say anything. No, they, they walk up to each other and she says, Me? And he says, you, and then they walk up to each other, and there's and then, this moment. And uh, it's like Bruce Springsteen picking Courtney Cox out of the audience. What? Dancing in the Dark, the video. Oh, I don't remember. You didn't know? Okay, seriously, are you the only person on earth who didn't know that Courtney Cox's first major like appearance in acting was in the Dancing in the Dark video when Bruce Springsteen took her out of the audience in the video, and she's like, <gasps> me, and they go up on stage and dance together, which um, is apparently something he used to do spontaneously at shows, but of yeah. course they did it really scripted. In a, mm-hmm. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, it was Courtney Cox. Anyway, so um, that's cute. Uh, so, the, but they have this like little you know conversation, and he's like, really you're, dismissive you're supposed boss. to go I mean, to not that I'm a the fan, reception, and she says, well, I'm supposed I mean, to, Cox, but I'm not going to go to the reception and he's like oh good and Tony Dance is really the boss you know you see Paul Dooley is getting in the car with the with the family and he's like rolling his eyes but he turns around and he sees her with the guy and she's like she's like you know whispering this is the guy the guy that she was talking about to like, him that, at this, in, the, in, in the, the tender moment scene. in the tender moment and so they leave 
And, 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 and seriously, like... And Paul Dooley basically gives her the thumbs up because, you know, Which is cool. bullshit. I'm sorry. He's paying for his daughter's wedding. Yeah, and she's... I'm a, sorry. That's a plate. That's you're, a plate. You're that's coming expensive, in. No, right? Like, you can see in. him you after are, the you wedding. You are going to eat your fish I mean, selection. That is not going to happen. Yeah. You can leave early. Right. But, <laughs> but you, you are coming, coming to this, to this wedding. Reception. So she you leaves know. with him. And the last thing you see is the, the scene that, you know, little girls all over the place were, you know... Cooing about Where John for years. Bender walks across the high school football field and throws his fist in the air and freeze frames. No, no, but they're sitting on Jake's glass table in the dining room with a sixteen candles on the uh. cake, and she's still in that dress for the bridesmaid dress. And uh, they both lean. He says, "You know, happy birthday, Samantha." And he says, "Make a wish." And she says, "It already came true." <laughs> and then they lean over and they kiss, and then the credits roll. And this and is we, our movie. And we get to hear the Stray Cats covering 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. In the most 80s thing possible. Ow. So, um, okay, John. Uh, would you like to ask the first question? Yeah. Um, so, Allie, w- was this movie worth revisiting? Okay, so this is going to be surprising. Um, I was really excited to show John this movie because this was, like, a very important part of my childhood. Everybody loved this movie. I loved this movie, I thought. I, everyone who told, everyone talked about this movie would always tell me, you haven't seen this? How it's, have you not seen it's this? It's one of those, like... It's I, a classic. It it's, is, it's the John Hughes trilogy from Molly Ringwald movies. Okay, can, can I talk? Because the question came to me. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I'm really surprised to tell you that I didn't really like this movie in the revisiting moment and what? i'm a little disappointed that i didn't because i expected it to be better than it was and there were I'm mo- a little disappointed now because i was expecting to fight with you about this for a while i know oh. and i'm a little bummed because i mean okay i'm not gonna lie jake ryan is still hot jake ryan and if i think about the guys that i was like you know gushy over as a little girl and when i say little girl i mean like you know preteen um he definitely ranks on top of the list and yeah. and the, he's definitely a prototype of like that 80s like, ex- like the crush he's yeah. like an er 80s Perfect. So, so like th- for that reason, I I still have to love it, and I have to say, I'm even more impressed with Anthony Michael Hall now as an adult watching this movie because he's really good. He's really good in this movie. He's good being an he, obnoxious he actually... nerd. He's really good at at being smarmy and being a geek and having the vulnerability. Well, this he is actually what got him really. This good. is actually from the story is when they were casting for the, his part. Every other actor who came in, like, did, like, the traditional nerd, you know, like, you know, uh, the glasses yeah. and was we- more Weasley, more dorky, you know, like, I guess, Eddie Deason-esque, you yeah, know. Yeah. And apparently what got him the part was he came in and, and delivered the lines very straight, but very, like, like the way a real actual nerd would be, which is not necessarily, like, this exaggerated Hollywood version. Right. You know, or not Hollywood, but, like, cartoonish version. Yeah. But, like, like, a real nerd where you're, you don't quite get that you're not cool and you do everything a little bit too awkward and you come on too strong in some ways and you're too shy in others. You yeah, know, like like an actual like he he did. I will say to his credit, he does do uh, and like to remember he's not he's he's fairly young, obviously. Since you know, look how much he how much growth he like he was. You know, it was another five years where he really got a growth spurt. You well, know? And, the, and the other thing that I thought was so great about him is he was also the kind of nerd that had ambition. You know, he wasn't just like, well, this is my lot in life and this is who I am. He actually yeah, he was, was only 16 when this movie was mm-hmm. made. And yeah. he was trying, like he was, so that's why he knew how to make a martini. That's why, you know, he, he was like, well, I gotta, it's my, it's, you know, I'm, I get my shot. I, you know, I get, I get, I get an A-League moment. So I'm gonna, you know, I get called up to the big game to take the prom queen home. I better step up and try to make this something work. Whether he, he's good or not, he, he goes for it. It and then fails a lot, but at least he goes for it. Yeah. And I liked that that character and was I, written and, and, that and, way, I, and that he played him that way. And actually, and and I, I did like also that he is kind of the king of the nerds. Yes, 
Because a lot of, like, it is, like, being someone who wasn't particularly popular in, like, middle school especially and and in early high school, like, later high school I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. But, like, there is, like, a weird hierarchy of nerds. Like, just like there's a hierarchy of everybody. There are nerds who can make fun of other nerds Mm -hmm. because they're above them. I was not the lowest nerd on the totem pole. Right, I wasn't either. By far. No, neither was I. There were people that I was ashamed to be around, you know, and I, like, I would make fun of people below me. You know, I'm not proud of it now. No, but that's, of course. A, that's the jungle that is middle school. But so they like he is he's the coolest guy the nerds have on their side. Absolutely. Like if he got a little cooler, he'd be the least po- he'd be the least popular cool guy. Right. So and then like and then like he wouldn't be able to associate with them. Okay. So going so so that's sort of my feeling about it is that I was actually disappointed. I wanted it to be what I remembered it being or what I thought mm-hmm. I remembered it being, and it's actually. I don't think it holds up, and it's yeah. and it's disappointing that it doesn't hold up. It's actually more offensive, and I don't know if that's just me getting older, or if it really just isn't. It's just not the funny comedy that I want it to be. So I'm, I'm disappointed because I really wanted it to be what I remembered it to be. So I was a little disillusioned. John, was it worth watching? Oh, definitely. It was probably my favorite movie. <laughs> that, no, no, no. Honest to God, I did not like this one. I know that's not true. I did like bits of it. I thought this was about thirty-five percent a good movie. But the parts that were bad were offensively bad to yeah. me. And they weren't, it wasn't very funny. And I will say this, seeing as I've, I've seen it only as an adult, I don't have any nostalgia connected to it right. at all. It's just badly made. Yeah. It's a movie that, if you're going to be honest, it's it's popular for nostalgia reasons yeah, only. I would agree with that. It's one of those things like, it's like the Transformers cartoon. Like, I know having seen snippets of the Transformers cartoon like the Saturday morning trans- and, and, and weekly afternoon Transformers, having seen snippets of it as an adult, it's a confusing mess. It's not much better than the, the, than the, than the Michael Bay movies that everyone hates. You know, It's better because, good God, those movies are terrible, but it's not, it, it's not better by enough. It's not like going back and watching G.I. Joe and learning, wow, that was a complete crazy fever dream. I love it. So, right. I still love the G.I. Joe cartoon because it's a complete crazy fever dream. It, Transformers doesn't work that way for me, and and neither does this movie. Right. It does not – like, like I can look back at The Breakfast Club and say it's not very good because it isn't. It's not a very no. good movie. Yeah. But I have the nostalgia for that one. Right. So when I watch that one – and I do think it's a better movie on the whole, but it's better than this one. It's definitely – this is the – of, the, of the, the big three Molly Ringwald movies, this being the last one that I hadn't seen, the only one I hadn't seen of those big three, this is by far the weakest. Mm-hmm. Like far and away the weakest. Yeah. You know? I would agree. And, like, it just doesn't have, like, it, it, it just doesn't work at much at all for I, me. It's just definitely, it, it's just, it, there's, it is the first time, I think, that we've hit a movie that we both agree was bad. Yeah, I'm disappointed, though. Because, because it, like, usually, because the way Because I do have the nostalgia for it, so there is this, like, place well, in way, my heart. The that way our system works is we're generally, generally speaking, the one showing the movie, the the expectation is, you know... This is a movie that you're gonna, you know, like I've got I got a couple movies to show you that I'm probably gonna be like, oh, this is even worse than I remember. <laughs> right. But I but I know they're already bad. I but I, I think they're a fun bad. Yeah. Maybe they'll be maybe I'll be surprised and go, oh, this isn't a fun bad after all. This is just a bad bad. Mm-hmm. But this, yeah, I see. I feel your pain on this. Yeah. And this is the reverse of what happened to me with Cobra. Whereas you hated that movie with a passion, I ended up liking it so much more than I expected because I was really showing it to you as an example of a movie that I have that was important to me but wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. But I actually ended up like finding a lot of joy in it's not very goodness. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a movie like it's it's not bad in a fun way. It's not enjoyably bad. I can't go <laughs> And I think part of it is bad in a fun way tends to work better with not comedies. Yeah, yeah. You know, like action movies are really good at being bad in a fun way. Right. You know, well, comedies comedies are a little harder cuz you know, it's like cuz if it's cuz if it's if it's funny 
that probably means it's actually good. Yeah, and I'm like, say- Airplane is funny and stupid. That makes it a good movie. Oh, God, I love Airplane. I know you do. I'm, I'm gonna, that's why I'm using it as an example. I am going to say, though, you know, this so is, you, this is if you've missed this movie as a as a young person, if you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, I missed 16 Candles. Maybe I should go watch it. Or maybe I should, you don't. know, get my 16-year-old kid. Don't. Do not let your children watch this movie. No, no. If you've got you to watch a Molly Ringwald movie from the 80s, watch Pretty in Pink. Yeah, which Pretty in Pink. I would agree with it's that. It's much better. That's a better movie. Hands and you, down. And you get apparently John Cusack in it. A little surprise. Oh, my God. Don't even listen to I, I watched the extended director's cut where oh John Cusack God. plays Ducky's twin brother, Ducky with two Ds. Oh, my God. The Ducky. The d- d- Ducky. <laughs> All right. I think... I think uh, yeah, I think we're going to probably want to wrap this little, uh, this little adventure up. Yeah. Uh, you know... If you want to contact us, uh, first of all, you can find us, obviously, on iTunes if you didn't find us that way. And if you found us that way, you can also find our website, matchmadeinspace.com. Not a match made in space. I left the A off when we re- when we registered the domain because we're dumb. Um, if you want to contact us, uh, you know, for, you know, just some short-form microblog, short-form microblogging, my, by all means, contact us on Twitter, at podcast. And, uh, you know, or you can also follow uh, either, you know, Allie or myself. Allie is at A-L-I underscore good man. And I am at Hitler Puncher, all one word. Um, and if you have a, like, if you have more long form correspondence with us, you'd like to, you know, like, you know, have some, some, something that you, that wouldn't work with just 144 characters, then you can always get us uh, by email at matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. You know? All right. And well, we don't have a Tumblr page, so you won't be able to see any amazing pictures of stills of uh, uh, her boobs. No, <laughs> no. Or mine. Well, you can see those on my Twitter page. Womp, womp. All right. So this is... do a pay-only version where you can... No, I think that's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. <laughs> hey, never mind. This is A Match Made in Space signing off. Adios. Welcome to a match. Oh, we didn't do a thing. Yeah, one of those little test videos. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's okay. We should probably test it. We should probably test it. Think we test it? Test. Test. Testing. One, two, three. Testing. 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 Testing.